Welcome to Coos's Corner, a platform for passionate, unscripted discussions with my guests to entertain and inspire you. Let's get into this episode. Hey, I'm Coos. And I'm Quinn. And this is Coos and Quinn, the show with two guys that think they know everything about sports. Starting off the pregame interview for today's episode, we're going over to the EPL, and there was a hell of a matchup over the weekend. Man City beat Liverpool 2-1 at home. Is this, make... a, is this the game we watched together in your basement? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it was while we were recording the, the last episode. Okay, great. And uh, Liverpool was undefeated going into the game, and once again... It has proven how hard it is to go a whole season unbeaten. And you know who the only team has been able to do it in the Premiership era? Arsenal Football Club. Great, Coos. Hell of a soccer game, though. Both teams played great football, great link-up play, great counter-attacking. It was honestly one of the most exciting games I've watched all season. Do you have anything to add? Uh, no, I mean, I don't, I don't watch too much soccer. Or I don't watch too much Premier League. I watch the Champions League. But while I, now that you reminded me, it's the game we were watching. I remember me, you, and uh, our buddy Nick from the lab, we were commenting, like, this is good freaking, uh, this is good football. Like, yeah. It's every, everything you just said. I'm not going to go over it because. Like, one of my friend's moms watched it with my friend, and she was, like, really excited about it. And that just shows you how good of a game it is. Next topic for the pregame interview, though, we're going to the NCAA football to a game where I was called crazy for picking Clemson. The football guys apparently called him crazy, so what the hell do we know it? Exactly. So, it was a tight game in the first half, and then the second half, Clemson just exploded, and their defense was dominant. Yeah. It was an unbelievable game. Did this shock you? Obviously, it shocked you, eh? <laughs> it, did cho- it did shock me. Um, I-, I think the debate, I know you're probably going to get to this question, was who's the the big boy in NCAA football now, and... You gotta hand it to Clemson. Like this team's been incredible for so long, and I mean, well, there's two things going on here. A, the playoff cannot be expanded. We already talked about this. It's impossible. It's a duopoly. It's gonna be Bama, Clemson for as long as Tua and Trevor Lawrence are there at least, and until Dabo Sweeney and the Nick Saban die off. But um, <coughs> what were we talking? What was I gonna say? Who are your like oh, Trevor yeah. Lawrence or Tua? We'll get okay. Get that in two seconds. But as far as um, I I'm losing my train of thought. Okay, yeah, Trevor Lawrence and Tua. Uh, I mean, clearly the best NFL quarterback or the better NFL quarterback is going to be Trevor Lawrence. Uh, there's not, there's not really words to describe the way this kid plays. I've seen like ten quotes from scouts now, and I, be- I wholeheartedly believe them saying, like he makes throws already now as a true freshman. So he's younger than us, Coos. He makes throws now. Like he was in high school seven months ago. Yeah, that must have been a damn good high school football team. <laughs> <laughs> so and then the receiver uh, who had the two one-handed catches there at a spectacular year, uh, Ross, Justin Ross or Jordan Ross, I forget. It's either Justin or Jordan with a Y, where there should be uh, an I or an A. Anyways, he was also in high school seven months ago. So Clemson's set because these kids have to play three years. So this could be a dynasty. This could be an absolute dynasty. Like I was already talking to my buddy the other day, and I was saying like Trevor Lawrence has a full shot to be the goat of um, NCAA. NCAA football. I, th- I said before this season, and if, during it, Tua does too, and he did. Um, but yeah, no, and, and sorry, the coach on the scouts like he makes throws now that guys in the in the NFL can't even make. And it's just irrefutable. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's, he's one of the best quarterback prospects in a long time. And, obviously, when his day comes, he will be a first overall draft pick. And that's in two years. Next year, Tua will be a first overall draft pick. And he did make some really good throws in that game. But um, 
you got to hand it to Dabo Sweeney and that team. They came in as an underdog, an undefeated underdog, so it never happens. And anyways, undefeated national champions. That's a hell of a feat. One of the things I thought would have been really cool to see is, so in last year's college football final, yeah, Tua came in at half and tore it up. Yeah, you wanted to see Hurts going? Yeah, I thought that would be so sick. But didn't end up happening, and Clemson went on to win, and I was just happy that uh, I picked the underdog, and I was right. Yeah, so Hertz is in the transfer ball now. But by the way, so go to Michigan, buddy, please. <laughs> uh, stick, moving to the professionals with the NFL. Been a bunch of coaching hirings. Which one do you think has been the best appointment? Uh, for me, it's Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio, Fangio. Going for the Bears defensive coordinator who went to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. I agree. I love what the Broncos have done. They've completely revamped their staff. They brought back uh, Gary Kubiak, in my opinion, the best offensive coordinator of all time. Um offensive-minded football coach of all time, for that matter. Uh, there's no one I have more respect for in the game of football. If I, if I could have one dream, it would be to be coached by Gary Kubiak. Like, this guy, like, he coached John Elway to Super Bowls, coached Peyton Manning to a Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl lost, led the best offense ever in 2013. So uh, they've just completely revamped their staff, and if they draft a quarterback, well, I mean, either this year or next year, they're going to be absolutely on fire. Like, if you get one of those kids we're talking about, two or Trevor Lawrence in the system with those guys, it's going to be absolutely incredible. I guess it also could be Kyler Murray right now, and obviously more on him later in the show. But, uh, yeah, I really like what they've done. I don't like Green Bay's hire of Matt LaFleur at all. Um, like, he was the OC for a bad Tennessee team all year, mediocre Tennessee team. Another one I didn't understand was Arizona. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury? No, yeah. I really like that one. Yeah? Yeah, you got a college coach in there. You know, Coach Mahomes for, I mean, all of his years in college. Coach Baker Mayfield when he was at, at Texas. Tech. Yeah. yeah. So, I really like that hire. I think that he can come in sort of um, – he had a losing record in college. He did, but I mean, he coached it. You know how college football is. Yeah. Like, you, you can't just squeeze wins out of teams. Like, everyone, every quarterback who's played for him has gone out to be successful and really likes him. I think he'll be great for Josh Rosen. I think they get an air raid offense in there, which is what they need, because that roster's not bad. And if they drop Nick Bosa with his first overall pick, the defense is going to be, you know, one of the top in the league. Uh, also, apparently, there's an outside shot. A huge fan of Kyler Murray, again, on him. So if they take him with the first overall pick and decide after one year they're already gone from Rosen, that would be real spicy, but. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I like that one. Uh, the one that I really didn't understand and I was actually kind of mad about was Bruce Arians went to Tampa. Yeah, why like, would he do that? Like, but what I understand is he said for the last like whatever five weeks when the, the, the realm of coaching fires. With the Browns and yeah, all he that. He said, stuff. I'll only return to coach the Browns. Like I wouldn't take the Packers job and I won't interview for anything else. And you go to the most irrelevant franchise with, in my opinion, a bottom five quarterback in the NFL in Jameis Winston. Your second best receiver, Deshaun Jackson, could even be their best receivers, demanded to trade because he doesn't want to play with the quarterback. Does he have a Super Bowl win? Arians? Yeah. No, he's a Super Bowl loss. Okay. But, like, he's a, he's a top-tier coach. Would you not say that? Yeah, for sure. So, why, yeah, I don't understand why he's going to a bottom-tier team. I don't understand it at all. And I also think that he sort of – I don't know what he said behind closed doors, but what he said publicly, like, to me, he took himself out of other discussions because he said, I only want this one job. Another team that I think got it completely wrong is the Cleveland Browns. Hiring their OC? Well, but also firing Greg Williams, who was the defensive coordinator, came in as the interim coach, like squeezed five wins out of a team that hasn't won five games since we've been alive. And then well, now all of a sudden he's fired. And the other thing I don't understand on the rest of the GMs in the league is why the hell are does he not have a job yet? I know that was only yesterday, but he needs a job. And Mike McCarthy. Like, Mike McCarthy's a Super Bowl-winning football coach, one of the better coaches of all time. Like, that man needs a job, even if it's as a defensive coordinator. Now... Um, back to, uh, who was I just talking about? Oh, the, the Browns. Freddie Kitchens is a great hire. Him and Baker seem to get along really well. So I definitely think that could, that could work. But I just don't understand why they'd fire a guy who clearly the team loved and was rallying around. 
Also, you know that fat guy, the O-line coach, Bob Wiley? Yeah. He's gone. Uh, Isn't that awful? Yeah, hard knocks won't be the same. Eh? No, it'll never be the same. Moving on to the NBA, Clay Thompson dropped 43 points in four dribbles, and every person I know has come up to me and said, I bet you loved that. I and, see. And hell you know, yeah, I, I did. I hate it. Hell yeah, I did. I was actually so mad. So I got two, I'm like, I got two texts yesterday. Like, oh, you see what Clay did? He did nothing. This what do is, you mean? This is not a feat. Since when do we crack dribbles? He's the best spot-up shooter, in my opinion, other than maybe a couple guys. Probably the best spot-up shooter in the history of the NBA. I knew that before the game. Like, he had 43 points. He had a great night. His shooting percentage was great. Like, I, you love it. This is the type of shit you love. I don't care how many times you dribble. Like, that's not a feat. I think it shows how good his off-ball movement is. I think that's a big thing that well, no, no one thinks about. It shows how good his teammates are. Like, Kerr is drawing up schemes. Steph and um, KD are getting him the ball. So props to them for getting him the ball. For sure. It does, it does say something about their team as well. And the way that their offense is run. But you think this but, is like a, a real feat for him? Not huge. No, but you're like, Clay Thompson, like, I, I had my buddy... You know what I, I think's bigger? It's 60 points in, on 11 dribbles. Get, but what's his tracking dribbles? Well, it just shows like that how he... how many dribbles does Kyle Korver have in an average night? Zero? Yeah. But he's, like, he's probably dropped 25 on no dribbles before. It's just no one gives a shit. <laughs> I just think, yeah, it's not a huge feat, but it still shows how... How skilled of a shooter he but see, is! I knew that before the game. I just and that he doesn't need to create shots off of the dribble. He can just literally catch it and shoot it. But he wouldn't be doing the same stuff on another team. He just wouldn't, because he he wouldn't he wouldn't well, be if he getting was the Lakers. I think he'd be doing fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, if LeBron comes. Yeah, but back, I'm just saying, like, if he was the main focus on a team, like, like, say he was Steph Curry, he's not going to be able to do that. Another thing I want to get out there is I hate these WWE style commentators in all sports right now. Where something happens and they come, do you understand what you just saw? <laughs> like I mean, in the Kansas City uh, Rams game this year, it was awful. It's like, yeah, I know what I just saw. They wanted, they had no freaking defense. And then with the Clay Thompson, like I saw Tim and Sid, their opening thing was like, four dribbles, Tim. And, like Sid Six Arrows running around like he does, you know, uh, was, during the World Cup, he did it. It was hilarious when Portugal was doing well. But anyways, he was running all over the freaking place in the studio. It's like, okay, hey, like it, he's a great basketball player, but like, who cares? One of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this as well is, personally, I think that him and the way Boogie Cousins integrates into this team are going to decide whether or not the Warriors win the championship. You know that Steph and KD are going to show up, and they're both going to give you 30 points a game. Yeah. But if Clay's shooting, there's no stopping this team. If DeMarcus Cousins is dominant, there's no stopping this team. So that's also one of why. Like, he's finally finding his shooting form, which he didn't have at the beginning of the year. January 18th, I believe, against the Clippers. Okay, that'll be a good one. When I got the notification that he's back against L.A., I was like, oh, the Lakers, let's go. That would have been fun, eh? Yeah, and then had to go to the Arrow. You see the Lakers touting this whole new death lineup piece of shit? Do you see that? Yeah, they're not touching the Warriors' death lineup. But going back to speaking of the Lakers and the Warriors connected, what do you think of LeBron tweeting about this 43 points and four dribbles? What did he say? He basically said, uh, take notes, kids. This is absolutely insane. Clay to L.A. confirmed. <laughs> I heard he has a house there, too, like every other guy in the rest of the league. And yeah, he's talked sure. to Rich Paul before. Ooh. <laughs> For the last topic of the pregame interview, we're going back to the NFL playoffs. Oh, we are. Yeah, we are. Oh, great. This is the best part. Yeah. Other than the closing bets. Yeah, then we got to jump around the studio. Exactly. So uh, what what's your analysis for this week in NFL playoffs? Ugh. So what are we, so who are the Cowboys playing? The Rams. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't that's gonna be a we good bad game. Like it's gonna be close. Like I wouldn't bet any money on this game. 
Um, I don't think the LA Rams are built to win playoff games at this point. I just don't. Because playoffs, and we've talked about this, we talked about this on the last podcast a lot. It's all about your defense and about your quarterback. <laughs> I like Jared Goff. I've been a big fan. I, of I him. love him. I think he's a great quarterback, and I think he's honestly a bit underrated. He kind of get looks over, look, uh, looked over for because he's not as flashy the young as quarterbacks. Guys, exactly. Yeah. But is Tom Brady flashy? No, but he goes out and wins games. Oh, he's a good looking man. So is Jared Goff. He is. He looks like Ryan Gosling. You know. Yeah, it's true. I like that. Huge but, Harry Potter fan as well. Apparently. What a dork. <laughs> But, <laughs> okay, back to the analysis. Um, sorry, so they're playing Dallas, yeah. So Dallas t- so Dallas has a top, whatever, let's do, I tied into top five, top ten. Dallas has one of the premier defenses in the National Football League, yeah. one of the worst coaching staffs in the National Football League, one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the National Football League, uh, the most crackhead owner in all of sports, and somehow they're pulling it together, as America's team does. Well, because they have a top five running back <laughs> as well. Will they win the game this week? Definitely. Yes. You think so? Because there's a couple of reasons. Defense wins championships. That defense can lock down Todd Gurley. They're that good. They can load the box. They can make Goff step back and throw. Their secondary is really coming into its own. But I think he's already proven that he no, can he's not good enough sit to do back it. and throw. What game? Against the Chiefs. Who had the what ranked defense? 32nd out of yeah, 32. You're right. You're right. Like, <laughs> there's, so against this team, I think that they're going to try to come out running. They're going to get shut down. Then he's going to have to be forced to throw. I don't think he's good enough to win a game on his arm. It's like Trubisky last week against a kind of similar Eagles team to the Cowboys. He played really well for his standards. His defense was awesome, but he just wasn't good enough to get the job done in the end. <coughs> Moving on, that defense is atrocious. That's not like they have good players all over that defense. They haven't played as a cohesive unit all year. They've had injury problems as well. Yeah, they've given up a ton of points. They have a very offensively minded head coach, which is great for what we get to see on offense. Makes them very exciting to watch. But it's not great for defense. Um, Dak was great last week. Like, all the props to him. Because, I mean, I still don't think he's a starting quarterback because he shouldn't be. But he is and he's going to be. So, we have to accept him. That he, run on third down was yeah. absolutely incredible. <laughs> that's the defining play for the game. Like, he won them a football game in the playoffs. Um, the other thing that's being glossed over here that I think needs to be mentioned is that this game is at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. The only city with more Cowboys fans than Dallas is Los Angeles. The Rams don't have a true fan base yet, so it's not like they're going to have 70,000 strong. I bet you there's going to be 35,000 Rams fans, 35,000 Cowboys fans. They're rich. They're popular. They travel well. They're going to be there. It's, so the, the home game means nothing for the Rams, in my opinion. I do think the Cowboys will win this football game. I think it's going to be garbage, like 28-21 maybe. I think it's going to be a close game. And I, I do think the Cowboys are going to win. It pains me to say this, by the way, to our dear listeners. pains me. Okay. The other game in the NFC, Saints and Bears. Just, no, it's not Bears. No, it's not Bears. It's Eagles. What I just talked for five minutes to talk about this one. Barky. Jeez, what a... That, that kick in that Chicago Bears versus Eagles game yeah. is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah. It's the side post and then the crossbar. Yeah, poor guy. It's absolutely incredible. And he's hit the post like seven times this year or something. Oh, that's pretty bad. Like, that's that like a is, Tyler Sagan stat. That's so unfortunate because like... It, if he had just outright missed all those kicks, he'd probably be cut. But because he hit the post... So, I hate that logic. It's unlucky. You still no, it's not. No, I, I. You still have to get up between the pipes. No, for sure, for sure. Like it was still a bad kick. I think it got tipped too, but like I don't really care. But I don't know. You I'm have to hit the kick. I'm kind of starting to buy into this Nick Foles. Well, that's something we're gonna have to talk about briefly Foles here. We'll talk about it more extensively in the, in the off season. But I mean, He's Wentz going is gonna there. be their guy going forward. Yeah. But I think Foles is the better quarterback, and the team is better with Foles in. But you already know I'm not a fan of Carson Wentz at all. I think he was being way overhyped last year. I think Peterson runs the offense to perfection when Foles is in. I love the way he spreads the ball around. I think that 
Carson Wentz has the Aaron Rodgers disease where you're so athletic and so gifted with your arm that you try to do shit you just shouldn't do instead of just simplifying it. And like you said, all his best throws are on third down. Going to that game, though, their GM has to get a lot of props for bringing in Golden Tate because Golden Tate, he made the game-winning catch in the end zone, and he's the type of player that they needed halfway through the season. I'm not saying that he's one of the main difference makers, but oh, Golden Tate's a great, a great player. Yeah, he is. But it was a great pickup by the GM because yeah. it's what the Eagles needed this year. Well, and all of his pickups have been great because they brought in Jay Ajayi last year, who was really good. And then their offseason, their main offseason pickup, Michael Bennett, had a great game. And again, like we were talking about this before. It's a great defense. They make big plays in big games. They've been doing it. They have a quarterback who's going to go out there and play his best game in a big game. And they love that underdog mentality. They're huge underdogs. Like they lost 48-7 to the Saints. I mean, that was a different team. The Saints, Peyton even said, we're preparing for a different Eagles team. Now, going about, on to the AFC. Yeah. I was completely wrong about the Colts. These guys look good. They'll beat Kansas. Like, I, I knew they were good, but I, I didn't realize how good they are. So are we ready to give Andrew, Andrew Luck the crown? Like, is he the best quarterback in the NFL? <laughs> Probably. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in the discussion, definitely. Yeah. And you know what? Like, he has T.Y. Hilton, but other than that, he doesn't have too no. many weapons. They have a running back committee, which is pretty solid, that is performing well. But one thing we got to talk about. Quinton Nelson. Holy crap. I've never been so interested in an offensive lineman. Yeah. This guy is incredible. No, you know people really give a shit because, like, they, like the analysts are actually talking about this guy and showing individual plays on the O-line. Yeah. Like, that's you know it's a big deal. Like, yeah. he won't win Offensive Rookie of the Year because his name's not Baker, but he's incredible. Like, what a great draft pick for that team. And he's completely – they have the best O-line in the league right now. And that's what they needed. Yep. They went out and addressed the need to protect Andrew Luck and – it's working for them. And what a game he had. Like, he just outplayed Deshaun Watson in every stage. Some of those throws that he was making were just unbelievable. Like, yeah. Not even unbelievable. They just looked so perfect. Well, he's just a great quarterback. His spiral was <laughs> so exactly. tight. His, his motion's perfect. The throws are perfect. They're perfectly accurate. He moves in the pot. Like, he does everything perfect. He's what you want in a QB. Now, going to the other side there, just quickly in that game, Deshaun Watson looked absolutely horrible. Like, that's the type of game that could cost you money on a contract. Yeah, this kid is the most overhyped, and I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. I loved him at Clemson. I thought he should have been the first overall pick. Anyways, et cetera, et cetera. He was absolutely horrid. He was missing some really easy throws, and you want to talk about a guy who has a ton of weapons, right? He has the best all around pound for pound receiver in the NFL. That was the first time he's lost by more than a touchdown, though. Yeah, but whatever. that's impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive. He hasn't really played that since much, since high school. Since high school. Ooh. He was at Clemson. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. No, I, I, but that's another overblown stuff. It's like Jameis Winston didn't lose a game from like grade 11 to through to his last game in college or something. Guess what? He's dog shit. But, but um, <laughs> no, he looked absolutely awful. To me, he's no better or worse than Dak Prescott. I'm going to put that out there. I don't know who the best quarterback in Texas is. Wait, out of – you think Deshaun Watson isn't much better than Dak? He's no better or worse. Oh, my God. They're similar players. They miss easy throws. They make plays with their feet. They both wear number four. They both play in Texas. One's still alive and one's not. I don't no buy it. I don't buy it. Because he's overhyped. People were picking him to win the MVP this year. Then he went on a nine-game win streak beating up on dog crap. The one good team that he's played in that, two good teams. He played the Eagles, who are still alive, lost to them. And then he played the Colts, who are still alive, has lost to them twice now. Now, moving on to this week's game, Colts. Yeah, but you can't compare the two of them. One of them has the worst O-line in the league, and the other one has one of the best. Oh, my God. It makes a difference. It It does. Like, an O-line, if I was to start a team, O-line would be one of the yeah, first things yeah, I'd address. Yeah, okay, fine, fair. Anyways, let's go to the last game of the Well, hold on, do you think Indy's going to be Kansas City? I think you do. 
It's going to be in my closing bets. Okay, because that's going to be a really close football game. Okay. Okay. For the AFC, the last game, your Patriots are taking on the... L.A. Chargers. L.A. Chargers. Thank yeah. you for helping me out there. No worries. And that's going to be an interesting game. Two <laughs> legacy quarterbacks that are... You know, if, if if Brady wins another one, he's, like, there's no debating that he's a GOAT. Like, he's already, like, this guy's already named the GOAT, and he's still playing. Yeah, he might have to sit where the Pope sits if he wins another one. But but if Philip Rivers goes in and beats Brady, that's huge for his legacy. Yeah, well, he needs one Super Bowl to be a surefire Hall of Famer. 0-7 career against Brady, so this is the hump to get over. And he has probably one of the best teams he's ever had. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it'll be close for three quarters. I don't think that there's a hope in hell for L.A. in this one. Uh, two reasons. A, because I'm a biased asshole. And <laughs> um, B, well, obviously, like you said, Tom Brady in the playoffs. The team's looked, looked great the last two weeks. They had the bye week, which is huge for Brady and Belichick. Um, but the chart, the one thing, New, the New England doesn't have a great defense. Secondary's good. Gilmore's a little overrated, but he's good. First team all pro, right, all that. But the, they don't give up the big play. And the one thing the Chargers can't do is seemingly is make the big play. So they can just pick away at us down the field, settle for field goals. So I think it's going to be a thing where – we shut down Melvin. Well, Melvin Gordon's also, he might not play, but I think he'll be there. I think he'll play. I don't think he can play to full health. So I think we can shut him down early, make them throw, make him try to stretch the field. Gilmore can take Allen out of the game, maybe with a bit of help from a safety. And then it's just kind of slim pickings from there. And that, for as good as that defense is, like, if you blitz Tom Brady, he'll kill you. If you don't blitz Tom Brady, he'll kill you. If you blitz Tom Brady in the playoffs, he will murder you. If you don't blitz Tom Brady in the playoffs, you're losing. So <laughs> there, there, there's no way to win this game for the Chargers. And who's the only team in the NFL undefeated at home this year? The team with the best fans in all of sports, the New England Patriots. So I think it'll be a close game. Like, I think it'll be about 35 to 22, maybe. And then, if everything goes according to plan in the other game, we can host the American Football Conference Championship game and slide on through to Atlanta, Georgia for a rematch with Destiny and Nick Foles. Jeez. <laughs> but no, I think it'll be a good game. Um, I know you're going to take the Chargers in the closing bets, and I don't care. And a lot of people are saying there's a Super Bowl chance, but no, they didn't really look that good last week. Like, they were getting beat up by a quarterback who really couldn't throw. But in the fourth quarter, like, he was dog shit all year, and then in the fourth, he started making them look like fools. Yeah. Like, Lamar Jackson had way too good a fourth quarter for a team that's supposed to be like the premier defense of the NFL. Like, oh, Brady's going to be in these guys' nightmares. Rivers is going to be 0-8 against him. I just love it. Okay. Then we'll move on to the halftime team talk. And uh, for that, we're going, we're talking about dual sport athletes. Yep. So it's reported that Kyler Murray is going to be entering the NFL draft, and you have just notified me that Russell Wilson will be attending New York Yankees. Training camp for the uh, second camp. time, yeah. If you're the Seahawks GM, how do you feel about that? Like, I... I okay, on, Russell Wilson's a great man. Like, I don't really think you can be too mad. And, like, it's not like... If it was the other way around, like, if I was a baseball GM and my shortstop, because that's what he plays, was going to NFL training camp, I'd be like, frick no, because that's where you get hurt, right? Yeah. But baseball's not, like, a really... Like risky kind of sport. So why is Russell Wilson doing this? Uh, well, money, publicity. Is he getting paid for it? Well, probably in some capacity. Yeah. Either a sponsor or, you know what I mean? He probably wants to go to Florida for a couple weeks. I would. Yeah. Uh, and why are the Yankees doing it? To put butts in the seats, <laughs> right? Is he going to actually play? Yeah, well, that's what he did last time. He played games? Yeah. He played two games. One game or two games. Two games. That's exciting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So then you care about spring training for a minute. Like, fuck, why don't the Toronto Blue Jays bring in Sidney Crosby? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, he would tell you that. He's a great baseball player. But, um, no, if I was a Seahawks we'll, GM, I wouldn't be We'll too just take, his, uh, take him out of the Penguins in the playoffs, and he can come play some games down in Dunedin for us. Yeah, I'm sure he'd enjoy it. Yeah. No, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, like, I think it's cool. 
Do you think that this is going to be more common, or do you think it's dying out? Personally, I think it's dying out. Well, I don't think it ever really existed, unless you go back like 60, 70 years. Bo Jackson. Yeah, but, but that's the one guy who everyone references. Michael Jordan. Ooh. Couldn't hit a damn curve. Well, he also wasn't playing two sports at once. He retired, and why did he retire, Coos? Because of a gambling addiction. <laughs> but that's for another episode. Yeah, and he came back. He wasn't even allowed to wear the same number. He was shunned, that man. Terrible person. Nowhere near as good as LeBron. Definitely not. You're just <laughs> saying this to screw with me. Anyways, going back to the dual sport athletes. Personally, I think that it's going to, like, we might not ever see a Bo Jackson again. Okay, I think the closest thing that we have potential to see is this Kyler Murray kid, though. Just to feed into the hype train. Like, let me be a full sports journalist right now. Yeah, but the thing is, like, as kids... Well, okay, but just hear me out for two seconds. I want to give you the full hypothetical. This is my most Colin Coward impression, and then uh, give me some real logic, okay? <laughs> the Raiders have what? Third pick? Yeah. They need a quarterback. Okay. They are, they're also moving to a new... Fuck! Okay, yeah, you ruined city. it. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Okay, okay, so sorry, we talked about expansion. Vegas is getting an MLB team soon. Like, Tampa Bay is cutting their stadium size, so Tampa's going to move to Vegas, right? Because they're not going to come here. We want them to come here, but they won't. So Tampa goes to Vegas, okay? The Raiders have drafted this Kyler Murray stud, so he's a star quarterback, and then he can go play for Vegas's MLB team at the same time. Or if the Raiders stay in Oakland next year, he can be an A and a Raider. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. It does? Yeah, but it's not going <laughs> to happen. Okay, so no... I, like, I think that he could do it just because he's so good. Like, he was a, what, eighth pick in the LMB draft? And he'll probably be somewhere around the same thing, like top ten in the NFL draft. Yeah. So, like, he's really, really good at both, right? That's why I think it could happen. For me, the reason why I think dual sport athletes aren't as big now is because kids are specializing at a very young age. Kids aren't playing tons of sports. No. Like, all the time like they used to. And... Like, at a very young age, you're told, like, if you want to take this one sport, like, professionally, you need to only focus on that. For sure. And, I mean, I think hockey is the one we see here. You have kids who play spring hockey, like summer eight, hockey. eight times a week. <laughs> yeah, they're playing hockey eight times and 12 months of the year. Like, Wayne Gretzky hates it. He's been outspoken. Like, kids should play other sports. Yeah. But, because we see it. I mean, these kids, they play, what, six, seven times a week all, like, from all winter, but it's September to May. And then through May through August, they play their spring AAA or whatever. Which is still like three or four times yeah, a week. Yeah, they're just playing hockey all the, all, the, all the time. And for me, one of the things I realized is like, all the things I've learned in all my sports have helped me out for other sports. Yeah, well, that's what these guys sort of advocate for, right? Gretzky, J.J. Watt, Crosby even, because Crosby played a lot of baseball as a kid. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady, even like his kids are playing hockey and uh, soccer. Like He advocates for it. Um, like LeBron's kids are a good example. I, I think LeBron's kids are very, very specialized in basketball. Yeah. Have you ever seen a picture of one of them playing in their sport? You see, you know, everyone sees his kids, right? They're all over there. And, like, they're probably both going to go professional in basketball. Maybe. Well, there's some still, form of professional. There's still a long way to go. For sure. But I'm sorry, like, I, you don't think they'll both at least play in, like, Europe or the G? Like, they will, right? Most likely. Yeah. We'll, we'll give them the last name, right? Yeah. But, so, that's what, yeah, but I agree. Kids specialize for a very young age. Like, if you're a baseball player, you should be a baseball player. And then it goes all across the sports, so it kills it. And that's where it's actually really interesting that Kyler Murray played, um, Baseball, because like his dad is the like most expensive quarterback coach to get in Texas. Like he played at A and M uh, as a quarterback, and then now he's a personal quarterback coach. Makes sense that Kyler's so damn good. For sure, um, and apparently he's a psycho, like absolutely crazy the coach. But it just it's almost interesting that he even played baseball, right? It's like he would have been doing throwing camps all summer or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. But if you look at these professional quarterbacks as well, which another thing that's kind of cool to look at is that. Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, I'm pretty sure both of those guys 
their dads were baseball players. Yeah. And they chose football. Yeah, for sure. If you're in Kyler Murray's, would you definitely choose football? Well, I would. Just because you played football? Well, I just because I just think that like like what's your logic? Just you like the sport better? <laughs> well, I think that it's a much more popular and relevant sport, and that does play into your decision. Like we can all like no one wants to be an asshole, but you know what I mean. Like you want to sure. be playing a sport that people care about. For sure. Yeah, you're you're in the entertainment business at the end of the day, right? And he's entertaining on that football field. I'll tell you that. B, like I, I said this to you before, I don't believe that he can be any better at baseball than he is at football. Like he's damn good. And the other thing is baseball. It's going to take him years to get the money. Whereas in the football, he'll get four years, the $32 million guaranteed, right when he comes in. Like, the same contract Baker got last year in Rose and Allen, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, you come in, you make, it's like you said before, you make that money. If it doesn't work out, go play baseball. And either way, you have $32 million bucks. That's my view. I, uh, I think that he should go and play football, go uh, earn his rookie deal, then sign a big contract after that. And then once that big contract's done, he's go over to baseball. Because think about it. He goes into the NFL at age, what, 22, 23? Yeah, he's 22. Probably finishes his their four-year rookie deals. Yeah, so be 26. 26, gets another four- or five-year deal. So goes in 31 over there. And then he's 31 going into the MLB. And play 10 years. Exactly. Yeah. But the other thing is, um, I do think it's a little ludicrous that we're even having this, that this has been such a discussion. Because, like, when was the last time there was a kid who was a consensus top-five draft pick and going into a sport where it's like, should he go into the sport? Like, of course he should. He can be a top five draft pick, right? Yeah. The only thing is, the only reason is because he's a little short. Like yeah. He's five ten, which is even short for a pitcher in in baseball. Is that what he, is that position he plays? I'm I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, reason, yeah, but I don't know. Like, I don't want him to be at the Oakland Athletics, a spring team irrelevance. Like, I want him to be at Raiders training camp, pushing Derek Carr and his crazy coach, and or wherever else he could go. Who else has it? Well, Denver. Where's Denver picking? Not sure. Like near the bottom. Low down. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, there New, is some New England spots. needs a guy to put pressure on Brady. Like I'd be down. They're not gonna get that <laughs> that guy that deep. No. But uh, it's it's definitely gonna be very interesting to see where he goes. For sure. So moving on to the closing bets, you want me to start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta figure this out. Okay. So I'm gonna I've got one soccer one, and then I'll go with the NFL. Okay. My soccer one this weekend is Tottenham and Manchester United. And Manchester United is on a four-game win streak and after hiring their new manager. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with them. Good for you. I wonder why you did that. Yeah. Could be a little bit of Tottenham hate. Yeah, just a tad. And I'm tired of Harry Kane just scoring these penalties. And God, he's a good player. Oh, my gosh. Going to the NFL, though. I'll stick with the NFC. I'm picking the top two seeds and left in it. I'm going with the Rams and Saints. I, uh, you think the Eagles have a shot? No. You think Cowboys do? I think the Cowboys have more a shot <laughs> than the Eagles. Fair. Like I, the Cinderella seemed, story has to crash at some point, right? Yeah, the Saints. The Saints are going into the playoffs as the favorites, and deservedly so. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna stick with the top two teams in the NFC. Okay. For the AFC, the Chiefs are playing the Colts. Yeah. You're going to take Indy. I'm taking Indy. Yeah. I just, yeah. Andrew Luck is too good. Andy Reid is Andy Reid. He loses in the playoffs. He has great regular seasons, but it always disappoints him. And I think that's going to continue. Mahomes, he's had a great regular season, should be the MVP. 
But in the end, we haven't seen him in a playoff game, and uh, it's just too tough to pick him, okay. him over Andrew Luck. It's going to be an absolute shootout. This is probably going to be the best game of the yeah of the week. Okay. For the last game, the Patriots and the Chargers. I'm going with the Patriots. Thank God. You thought I was going to go with the Chargers. He's just going to game before he said that. He's like, should I do it? I, uh, I've picked the Chargers quite a lot this past year, but I think their season's about to come to an end. Because, you know, Brady is the GOAT. So what was that? Brady's the GOAT. I'll say it loud and clear. And I'm, I, like, I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm not even a But big, you will be cheering for them in this game. I don't know. I'm not cheering for them, but I think they're going to win. Okay. What are your closing bets? So I'll take Tottenham over uh, Manchester United for the lone reason that they have uh, a generational talent. Oh, my God. Shut up. <laughs> 14 goals on the season. Currently leading the EPL, tied with a man who plays for Arsenal. If it's like P E A, those are his initials. Anyways, no, nowhere near as good. Oh, Bombing, the disrespect. <laughs> nowhere right near as good as Harry Kane. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take those. I think he'll come through in the clutch. He'll get a pen in about the 89th minute and he'll pop in the back of the net. Then he'll celebrate. Um, he'll be cheering for the Pats hard on Sunday, too, like a good man should. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to take Tottenham because I think they're, uh, they have the best player in the league. And I don't think there's any debate about that, Coos. There is. Now, if we move over to the other world of football, Indy, Kansas City, I agree with you. You summed it right up. Andy Reid's going to lose this playoff game because he always does. <laughs> and Andrew Luck is a top one quarterback in the NFL. All right, other game. <laughs> a top one quarterback. I yeah, like exactly. That. Moving over to the other game. Yeah, I'm going to take Dallas because why not? This pains me. My God, this pains me. Yeah, yeah, Dallas. Dallas will beat L.A. because I think Dallas' defense is good enough to shut down Gurley. I don't think Goff is good enough to do it. McVay's still inexperienced for as good as he is. This team will get it to the air, just not quite yet. Philly, New Orleans. <laughs> I'm going with the Saints. Oh, okay. But I think it's going to be a close game. Like a really close game. It's going to be quite sad <laughs> if Nick Foles loses. I mean, I'd love to watch him. Well, he's going to be a starter somewhere next year. Yeah, he definitely. Like, like Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, Florida. Denver. Denver. Like, There's teams that could really work here. And I expect a really close game, high scoring. Like, it's going to be a shootout. Yeah. Because Breeze can torch any defense. The Saints defense really isn't that good. Like The secondary is their weak point. Um, So, yeah. So, we got Dallas and New Orleans. Oh, that's actually a spicy NFC championship because Dallas beat New Orleans. Okay, I like that. I'm sticking with it. Uh, next game, Chargers against this little team called the uh, the Patriots. Just get it over. Best with. team in the last two decades, off season because they only got the two seed, hosting a man who's owned seven against Tom Brady. It's gonna be fifty to nothing at halftime. Let's go. The future, soon to be Super Bowl champion New England Patriots, will beat the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday, and then they'll play the Colts. A man who's 0-6 career against Tom Brady. And we will save that prediction for next week. And, that's... and that will be today's episode. Right, Coos? Yep, that's it. So uh, thanks for listening and hope you enjoyed this episode of Coos and Quinn. Go Pats!